Business Podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. So today, my guest is Arden Schiller, and Arden and I met, I don't know, six or eight months ago. We both were on stage speaking, and um, she was the second best speaker there. I'll let you guess who the first one was. Anyway, um, I, I was just impressed by her, and we I began following her on social media, and um, I just was impressed, Arden, with your social media presence. So, you know, I, I have eight core areas of business of which marketing is one of them. So I thought we'd dive into a little digital marketing in our conversation. But Arden began her career when she ran a six multi six figure uh, fitness company, turned it into a profitable business. And then she built a, a business. It's a consulting business. And I love this piece. It's designed to support owners' efforts to be satisfied in their business, which this really aligns with me, Arden, in, in a big piece of what I do. I believe there's one area of, I have five areas of, of my life that I manage actively. I actually plan it for the year, for the quarter, for the month, and then I score myself every day if I'm keeping track, right? I mean, I'm kind of a freak on that a little bit, um, and, but it's that fun piece in life and, and success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So when you tell me that's what your business is about, I'm like, oh man, she gets it. She gets some of the things that some of the people that have a little bit of this in their chin don't get, and they didn't get because we're sitting here working, 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 especially men. Um, and we become the ATM machine for our families and we become disconnected and we're not having fun. And we basically, we don't have a business that, uh, works for us. We work for our business, right? So with that, I just want to thank you for joining me and then, uh, let's jump into it. So tell me, uh, number one, um, how did you make this shift from the, the fitness world into, into becoming this coach that's helping us figure out that fun is a good thing to have. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on here. Um, yeah, so I ran a very, very successful fitness company. I grew and scaled that company to multiple six figures in about two years. And at the peak success of my company was actually when I was the most unhappiest that I ever thought I would be. And it was funny because it was in that moment that my whole, I practically burned my whole company to the ground because I was like, I absolutely hate everything I'm doing. And from there, I started to realize that, you know, building a company is not all about the next step, the next level, the next financial goal, the next employee you're going to hire. Um, there's so much more to being a business owner. And I, I really struggled to see that when I first started the company because I was so caught up in the immediate and quick success. And I was so focused on the external validation. So the money coming in, the clients coming in, the, the amount of employees I had. And it was so easy to just share with people on social media that I was this super successful businesswoman, the CEO, and I, I really attached it to my worth, to who I was. And I think I was and probably that's really hard for business owners, right? It's like <laughs> when stuff starts going wrong, you're like, my self-worth is my net worth mm -hmm. and, and my self-worth is how well my business is going. So if my business is bad, I must be bad. I must be a piece of shit, right? Yeah. 
I did that for like, I we would have like, a dip in a cash month. It would be like just a small little dip and I would have to work more. I would skip out on going to Eagles games with my friends. I was living in Philly, right? It was great. And, and I would just miss out on stuff, right? I wouldn't go see my family. I almost skipped my sister's graduation. Like it was just little silly things that it's like, why was I doing that? The, that, you know, just because I saw a dip in income in my business, right? Um, and so I, I recognized that I became aware of that. And that was like December, 2021. And so you have this aha moment, you have this aha moment, right? Oh my God, I'm successful and I'm not happy. Yes. And so here, I think you're going to get to the point here of where you went, oh, maybe I can help other people figure this out too. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah. So then in December, 2021, I had this aha moment and at that same moment, I was actually mentoring uh, two free clients who were also fitness coaches and I was supporting them through growing their business. And I was like, I do not want to help them the way that I grew my business. Um, and so it was that moment that I actually made the shift and said, I'm going to try to support them because I was helping them for free in learning how to grow a business without feeling like they were coming from a place of lack or scarcity or from a place of where they needed more, but rather learn to grow the business through striving satisfied. So seeing how far they've come and seeing, you know, how much they've done. And in the moments that they get to choose family and fun and the other parts of their life that's outside of business, that's their priority and trusting that they're still going to be able to receive in their business without needing to work more or work harder or, you know, forego their standards. Um, and, and that was really what kind of kicked off, like me becoming a business mentor and a business consultant to help, help my clients with that. So do you have a formula that you teach folks? Is there an easy ABC one, two, three, or how's that work? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't think so. I think it's like, I actually just made a reel on this. I don't think success or happiness is defined by anyone except that business owner. And so whenever a client comes into my world, I ask them like, what is your goal? And if they say a financial goal, I say, that's great. But also, what do you want? Like, what do you want out of your life? Where do you want to be? How do you want to feel every single day? And I really support them through having this, I like to call it like, a neutral, consistent, grounded emotion throughout their business to create um, a safe space for other people to to enter their business and enter their world, but also so they are not like a roller coaster of happiness, depressed, hating themselves, working harder, happiness, like depressed, right? Because I ran my whole fitness company and I was a roller coaster. And it's like, you can kind of keep that neutral work, right? No matter how your business is doing, your business starts to become very neutral as well. And it feels really good. Right. So that's what I, I, I like to tell this, <laughs> I like to tell this story. So I, I'm on more when my, with my business consulting, I'm more on the business end of the business. And I, what I find is most business owners don't know how to read their financials. They don't need, know <laughs> what they mean. Right. But this is what they do. They get their income statement that their, their cheap little bookkeeper in a lot of places puts it together. A $50,000 a year bookkeeper puts it together. And if the number at the bottom is black, they celebrate and they go have a drink. And if it's red, they go have two drinks. Right. <laughs> Cause they don't want to forget. They want to forget what happened. Right. Um, so, 
In the middle of this, though, you mentioned you did a reel, and this is what I want to get to because one of the core areas <laughs> is marketing, and that's what I've been attracted to you from afar since we we met. Is this girl does marketing? Sorry, this woman does marketing, and uh, and I meant that with love, hon. I didn't mean that in a in a demeaning way at all. Yeah. Um, and, and and so I, uh, I you know, it's. You know, I'm going to take an offshoot here. That that what just happened is what's fucking wrong with this world right now, right? I'm having this beautiful conversation with you, and then because I don't want to be perceived as a sexist prick, I got to stop and say, I didn't mean girl. Oh, my God. You're a woman. So... Fuck that. We're going to have a conversation. If I, if I, if I offend you, you can just say you're an asshole. All right. That's, I'm not here to offend you. I'm here because I loved what I saw from you and I want to go forward with that. So enough of that detour. Um, but anyway, I'm watching you post. I'm like, she's got something here and you've got something a lot of business owners don't have, and especially a lot of coaches and consultants. And it's like, I'm looking at your messaging and I'm wondering, do you plan ahead like a month, a quarter, a week, or is it just, I'm feeling this, so I'm going to post this. How does that work for you? Um, yeah. So with social media, I think it depends on the season of business. Um, I think I always have posts to post in case I can't think of something that day. And I think that is actually what a lot of business owners don't do is they either they're like very zero or a hundred right so they're like i batch all my content i create it i make it perfect or they're like i just post when i'm feeling like it and i really try to so i think strategy is also a huge part of business obviously but to me and to my clients usually that comes very easy because right i work with people who are kind of overachieving so it's like i need more strategy when in reality sometimes it's not the strategy that fixes everything and so with posting, I don't believe in a strategy of batching everything. I also don't believe in a strategy of just posting when you feel like it. I believe in a strategy of having the post so that you are consistent. So on the days that you can't post, the days that you're going, you know, you're processing through life or it's a very busy season or, you know, a very busy week, you still are able to show up consistently. Um, and then also posting in the energy. So today I was like, I don't know, I heard this song and I was like, oh my God, I wanna use this song and create a reel. And so it was just like in that moment, I was like, what am I feeling right now? Like, what am I inspired by? And it was literally that success is your own definition. And I like wrote up this little voiceover, it took me like five minutes. I put together some cute little videos of things that I've recorded. And I, I just had this voiceover of like, this is how I define success. And it did really well. And so, how are you, how do you monetize that? Um, are you, I mean, and how do you know where the ads are coming from? Cause you're, I'm assuming, so my team posts my stuff on TikTok. I refuse to put it on my phone and we seem to be getting a lot of traction. And I just go, how does, how does somebody that's trying to attract entrepreneurs that are going to pay $20,000 to spend, you know, six, six to nine days with me, how, how, do, how am I finding people on freaking TikTok? you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's how do you monetize it? Which platforms are working best for you? So I, I always tell my clients go all in in one platform. And until you feel like that platform is monetized, then go to the next one. Um, I've heard a lot of other coaches say differently, like you should maximize and be omnipresent and be on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. 
And like, honestly, just what I've noticed is that my clients get super overwhelmed when they have to post on everything, right? And so I want them to become an expert at one area. Um, and as they're becoming an expert at that one area, it's okay to post, like, there's a lot of times you can post on Instagram and also share on Facebook, which is something I do, right? You right. can post on Instagram and also share, I think, on like Twitter. So like I tell them they can share those things, but like, don't try to go out of your way and post on Instagram and TikTok until you feel like you're pulling in people from Instagram and you're, you have the space in your day after learning Instagram and getting good at it, that you can now just kind of pick up TikTok. Okay. That's right. Are, are you doing any ads or anything when you're in your marketing or have you tried that? Yeah. So I ran ads with my fitness company for about six ish months. Um, but because I ran that company out of all outbound, so what that means is like I would have a virtual assistant in my DMs on Instagram and in my DMs on Facebook, and they would just message a bunch of people. It was like more about the numbers rather than like the relationships at that point. And it was very successful. But when I would run ads, because a lot of the people weren't coming from my following, but rather from like outbound, um, the, I, I really didn't generate a lot of people coming into my world. I had maybe like one a week, two a week, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a lot. So. Right. And now I, I haven't looked at your views. I don't even know if I can. I mean, I don't spend very, I'm a net, um, what is it? I, I post, I post and ghost, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, I actually though, I will say that the, the platform I'm enjoying when I do spend time on, on it the most now is Instagram because somehow my algorithm has got to this point where every message I get is positive. I don't hear Biden's an old senile goat and Trump's the second coming of Satan and shit. Well, God, I used to get into those things and go, no, no, no. Now I'm getting... I am flooded with David Goggins right now. I'm like, yes, you know. So, how, how did you pick up? Have you picked up a lot of followers doing this? And um, so, I actually am not much of like a numbers person. I'm more of like a relationships person. So, what I would say is like I think on Instagram I probably have like 1,200 followers, but like I would say 80% of them buy from me. You know what I mean? And so it's like more about the relationships and more about like not how many people are seeing my my reels or how many people are sharing my posts. Like I get a lot of people who share my posts. Like I'll get 20 likes on a post, but it'll have like 35 shares. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense, right? I also recognize, and I think this is something that a lot of business consultants or business owners don't really look at on Instagram is like, we are all so self-led and driven. We're all doing our own thing. So we don't have time to be scrolling on Instagram all day, right? Like you probably see one of my several posts per week. And I feel like you you already get my vibe. You already get my frequency. You don't need to see all of my posts consistently all the time to be able to like feel like, oh, do I like her or not, right? And so the type of client that I look to attract is someone like you, because I want someone who's like not on Instagram scrolling all the time, but rather living their life and then seeing my stuff. And so I don't care as much about having a lot of followers who see my stuff, who like my mm -hmm. stuff, who engage in my stuff. I care about finding the people that I can create a relationship with. So what would your primary avatar be? Have you defined that? Um, yeah. So like a client base, like a niche, like, um, yeah. so usually self-led driven, uh, business owners 
who are kind of, you know, overextending themselves, going a little bit too far, probably a little too obsessive over numbers, over um, of working harder rather than striving satisfied. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So, um, so then you said something interesting. You have 1200 followers and, and most of them are your clients. I, I, it doesn't sound like the, the social media is necessarily generating clients for you then. Yeah, it is. So like, so most of my followers come from, you know, my posts from like, they'll see my posts and then they follow me and then they usually buy from me. You know what I mean? Um, But that doesn't mean like, usually it's a very quick process. It's not like they're seeing my posts and liking it and seeing it and like, you know what I mean? They're usually in my world um, and Mm -hmm. they like my posts if they see it or if they don't. Do you see what I'm saying? Good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'll probably get back into that. But I was sitting here thinking, okay, so here's Arden. She's, I mean, you're obviously young and a young entrepreneur, which is really cool. I mean, I, uh, I didn't have the courage to go out and, and get on my own till I was in my mid thirties. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kept working for the man, getting the education, going down that route, working in the corporate world before I said, finally, I'm going to push all my chips in and bet on me. And then when I did, I would have been your perfect client because I worked five years after I bought that business and didn't take a vacation. I mean, a vacation where I actually went somewhere and did something. I'm sure I took some days off here and there, but I didn't go anywhere for five years, right? And so now you you figured this out in your first iteration of, of business. What does Arden do for fun? And what do you do to make sure that you're living the life you in? you're telling your clients to live. I love this. Um, yeah, so I love to travel. So I was traveling um, across the world for a little bit in New Zealand. Um, I moved to San Diego. So when I was in San Diego, I would do things like rollerblade. Um, I would usually like honestly just take like a Wednesday beach day with my friends, which was a lot of fun. Um, on weekends, I started taking off work and I wouldn't like work as much. And I would just like spend time in the sun. Um, I would close my laptop at like 4 PM and go and watch the sunset in San Diego. Um, and I think for me, like, it's not always about taking vacations too. It's like doing the little things that like light up my core. So even like, I love to spend hours in the gym. Like I will, I'm like that girl that can go get a lift and then I'm just still there for some reason. I don't know. And um, I like to do headstands. I like to like, you know, flow afterwards. I'll use the foam roller, right? So I can be there for hours. Um, And so I spend a lot of my time just like doing, I'll walk my dog, take her to the dog park. And it feels funny because it's like, there's days that I work like only like three to four hours and I'm just doing other stuff for me, right? Maybe I'll get errands done. Maybe I'll go shopping, right? Um, and I, as I said, I don't think it's always about just taking the vacations. It's just about like refilling and like recharging and not feeling like, oh my God, because I only worked three, four hours today, I have to keep working. Cause sometimes that could be actually like less productive, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah. especially with like sleeping in some days, I'll like, like today I slept in until like eight, but I was so productive from eight to 10, you know? So, oh, I slept in today. Do Arden, I made it to six thirty, 
I mean, <laughs> I decided, you know, yesterday was a long, long day and I'm going to sleep in. I'm not even going to, I set my alarm for 7.30, realizing that was never going to happen because I usually get up, I'm a five o'clock alarm person and I'm usually up by 4.30 anyway. So when I made it 6.30, I'm like, wow, what an amazing <laughs> accomplishment I had. <laughs> um, but I'm also, I, I mean, everybody, the thing that's beautiful about being an entrepreneur is we get to set our culture in our business. And, uh, and once you've set that right, you get to set your hours. Now for me, I'm a morning person. So all my businesses, um, usually start at six or seven in the morning. Everybody's in there because I set that. But then what's the upside of that? Everybody gets to go home early. Right. And, and so you get this, you get this culture where kids, you can go pick your kids up from school and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm hearing you say is you are taking little snippets throughout the week to make sure that your cup is filled up so that you can pour into others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, so great. So what is your overall, um, vision of where you want to take your company at, the, at this point? Oh, that's such a good question. I actually have a call with my energetics coach tonight because I want to lean into that more. Like I want to have even a stronger clarity around that because for the first time in a really long time, I feel like I've just been fully fulfilling my purpose. Um, and my purpose isn't specifically making a specific amount. It's just really to support business owners. And I've just been seeing my clients just feeling so good showing up. And, and obviously when you're feeling better and you're, you're striving satisfied, you actually are attractive to other people. So then they do reach out to you and they do want to work with you. Right. And, um, I've just seen a lot of my clients see a lot of success in all areas, like as, as a whole core in there as, as a business owner. And I've had that for a while now. And so I think my next step is really like, this is going to be a, a little bit busier season of business where I'm bringing in more clients and I'm bringing more people into my world and, um, just kind of like growing and evolving and like being able to hold more capacity and scale more of my business model. And so the, the clarity and the, the, what I want now is like, that is like, that's what I'm stepping into now. Cause I was really slowing down a little bit over the last few months. So, um, long-term, is that what you want me to answer as well? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So long-term, my goal is to really continue to do what I'm doing. Like I love business coaching. Um, I've thought about stepping into speaking. I would love to be a motivational speaker. I've met people like Les Brown. I love Tony Robbins. Um, I, I really, really, I love Ed, Ed Milet. Um, I really want to do that potentially one day. Um, I also really want to have a family and I really want to settle down. So it's also those moments of like the feminine flow in me is very, <laughs> is very present right now. Um, so I haven't fully made a decision around if speaking is something I do want to move forward with, but I do know that I'm going to continue to run my business 100%. Good. I want to tell you, um, and for all the women that are listening to this too, how important it is for women to, uh, do everything they can to cultivate their feminine energy. So in business, it's a masculine world. And so you know, and the larger the business is, the the more women have to to put on their masculine energy. And then, I mean, I'm going to give you a little insight, Arden, because then you're it, you're in a great space. So you, the thing that's beautiful 
about what you're doing is that you can bring forth the feminine energy in, in your work. Because to say that you're going to pour in and cultivate and take care of yourself, that's not a masculine thought. That's a feminine thought. And so we're going to need that. And, and, and the business leaders that you're talking to, whether they're male or female, masculine or feminine, they're going to need that feminine energy. But as I've seen it over and over, as women rise, they, 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 they put on this masculine mask at work and then they can't put it down when they get home because mm -hmm. it's becoming who they are. Right. Okay. Do you find this? <laughs> Okay, good. So, so there you go. Uh, so are you working with women in, in business right now and helping them through that? Or is it just about the fun piece or is this maybe something that you want to focus on? Um, I really focus on with my clients, balancing their feminine and masculine energy. I call it their flow. I work with a lot of females. I work with a lot of males too. And <laughs> that's the hardest thing for men is to actually kind of step into a little bit more feminine, healthy energy. Um, but I support them through that as well. And that's probably my biggest shift that I had to make because my masculine energy did, you know, it, it, it really held me back from almost everything that I wanted in life, right? I had to get very clear around like, I do want a family, like I do want to nurture, I do want, you know, to settle down one day. And I, I think it honestly was one of the big reasons that my relationship was so separated because you have two masculine people kind of banging heads all the time. And so it didn't let my significant other provide, take care of me. You know, I'm, I'm, I am and was the breadwinner. And so it was like very easy for me to hold that against him. Um, and so as I started to, well, it's you, it, okay. So get it. You're holding against him and he's probably already felt emasculated. Yes. Already was... without you holding against him, right? And it takes a very unique and, and strong man to be able to, to do this. I had a business mentor and he runs multiple million dollar plus profit companies, okay? The guy has like a $30 million beach house down in uh, Laguna Hills, right? It's freaking amazing, right? And he would say, I could never marry Oprah Winfrey because she's a billionaire. And I'm like, wow. It's so it, uh, the the amount of money that a woman makes for me is never, it's never, and maybe it's because I was raised by a single mom with a dad that was an entrepreneur. So I could see that the way that it flowed, it, it's not about for me, and this is where men have to get real with it. If you're producing and you're happy with what you're doing and you're doing a great job at it, then it shouldn't be about the money. And for the women, uh, and you need to be able to love and support your man that if he's doing what something he's passionate about, if it only makes him $30,000 a year, but he's doing great at it, you can see he's this, maybe he's an artist and he sells 10 paintings a year and makes $30,000, but you can see the passion and the joy and the love. You married the artist. Don't expect him to be something else. Here's, here's a story that I heard. Um, this, I think, I think I might've heard it from Tony. I'm not sure, but anyway, um, he rented this house in, in Kauai, right now in Kauai, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they had a storm many, many years ago and blew over everybody's chicken coops. Now, as soon as you get off the airport, there's chickens running all over. You can't go anywhere on the Island. It's like the, I don't know if it's a state bird or what, but they're all over the place. You can't go a hundred feet without seeing a chicken running around in, in Kauai. 
And one day, one morning, he, he would, and, and Tony's events go, I mean, till two in the morning sometimes, or even later. I think I was at one in, in Maui that went till four in the morning, the last day of the event. So he's trying to get some sleep because he's only got a few hours till the event starts, and this rooster starts crowing. And he started getting all worked up, all worked up and mad and mad and mad, and he's so pissed at the rooster. And then he realized, why would I be pissed off at a rooster for being a rooster? It's not the rooster's fault for crowing. So if you marry an artist that's only making $30,000 a year, don't get mad at the rooster for crowing. Don't get mad at the artist for artisting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that story. And and that was, it's not even that I was ever mad at him, right? It was just those moments of like, well, I, I know what's best, right? I would always run our relationship where I felt like I needed control because I knew what was best because I was quote unquote superior. And it was, it was detrimental to our relationship. And like that had to shift. And so I like practically did a whole 180. And yeah, now it's just those moments of where I honestly, I would love to run a multi, multi-million dollar business. I see myself potentially doing that, but I also don't want to do it out of the masculine energy. Like I used to be doing that. And right, I'd so know children and nurture a family and let him you know kind of lead and provide um whether that's financially or not still provide in a way of like being a masculine man um and and that was something that you know i had to learn how to surrender and trust to right so i i i like to this now i'm gonna just assume the most men are masculine and most women are feminine, but it's not always the case. Sometimes there's feminine men and masculine women that are heterosexual. I'm just talking, you know, and, and you just got to be in that energy. So let's just, I'm just going to use man, woman in the standard way. No offense to anybody else. There I go again, worrying about everybody else. But anyway, I have this belief that the man needs to lead. Now, if you're married to, I don't know what your, your significant other does. I'm just going to continue on that. He's an artist, a struggling artist. Okay. If he's the struggling artist, he's still the masculine energy because you're feminine. You can you can see it in you that you're feminine. That masculine energy must lead the family. He must rise to become the greatest version of himself and rise to lead that family because if he doesn't, the whole kingdom will fail and it will die because the woman won't feel safe and seen and protected, right? And it has nothing to do with about money. It has to do with leadership. And I liken it to a chessboard. What happens when the king is captured, the game is over, right? But what's the most powerful piece on the board? The it's the queen. She can do everything, right? Here's the problem that we get into with relationships. The queen becomes bossy with the man and tries to order him around, emasculating him. Most men then become pleasers, which puts them in a feminine state. Yep. And, and then you lack polarity and the whole shit show begins to slide downhill, right? So it's an interesting thing because I see where you, you want your man to rise, but you've got you've to do, I'm not saying you personally in this situation, but you want your man to rise. But if you do it in such a way that is emasculating him, um, you're going to find that you're, you're actually causing the lack of polarity. I see this a lot. Mostly it's, it's the women that, instigate it, but it's the men that, that allow themselves to become uh, speed bumps. And I did this firsthand. Okay. 
I got it. I mean, I went through this thing called Warrior Week that woke me the fuck up and I realized I'm no longer a speed bump, right? So, um, and what are you seeing inside of this conversation? What do you mean by that? So we're, we're talking now more about relationship and masculine and feminine, which I love because you're this, this powerful feminine business <laughs> leader and you've got this relationship. You're talking about wanting to settle down. You're talking about being controlling and all of this. So yeah. in your experience with your relationship and being controlling, how did what I just say land on you? And, 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 uh, and do you, are you going to be able to communicate anything like this to your clients? Yeah. So I have these discussions with my clients a lot because I genuinely believe the way that you show up in your relationship is how you're also showing up in your business, in your fitness and in all areas of your life. And so if we can actually clock the, uh, the, the, the patterns that you're struggling with, such as potentially being a little bit too masculine in your relationship, well, then there's probably some part of you being a little too masculine in your business, a little too, right? And so it's being able to actually find the balance and the flow in all areas of your life by, by um, clocking it in one area and like clocking it in your core and building from there. So this is actually why I think it's so important, like in business that like strategy isn't just the, the only thing that you're focused on. And this is why I really support my clients outside of the strategy. It's like actually building a personality that is going to build a successful human being. That's why entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. We build our personalities. We don't build a business and that's what builds our business. That's what builds our fitness. That's what builds our relationships. And I think far too often people look at business as a separate entity or a separate thing than their relationship and then their fitness. But in reality, it all comes from your core, your personality. Right. I, I mean, you nail you and I, I just in hearing you talk, I never, I never knew this, but we're aligned in a lot of ways, right? So you talk about fitness, you came from the fitness world and I set, like I said, annual core, I'm, I'm going to ride 3000 miles. I like to lift weights. I don't like the cardio, but I realized I got to, I got to change some things around. I had some shoulder injuries, so I needed to take it easy. So I set a challenge. I'm going to ride 3000 miles in my Peloton this year. Right. And, and, uh, then last weekend I'll, I'll give you, give you what I would call an epic fail, but here's what happened. So David Goggins, I said, I was following this guy, right? He's got this four by four by 48 challenge, which you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I'm not running, I'm riding. So I look at the online equivalent and it's it said it's roughly two to three times. So I'm like, okay, 10 miles is my number. So I'm going to ride 10 miles every four hours for 48 hours. So I start working on Friday at four o'clock in the afternoon on this. But what I did, and, and I decided to do this on Thursday last week, Arden, a week ago today, I decided to do it starting the next day. Uh, stupid. I mean, not even though I've been riding like crazy, I, I did like almost 500 miles in, in the last 30 days. It was like, ah, I can do this. It's only, it's only 30, it's only 10 miles at a time, you know? So I get five rounds into it. What I didn't realize and take into consideration is that when you ride, your metabolism and everything is clicking for at least 90 minutes afterwards. Okay, so now I've taken, let's say it's taking me 30 minutes to ride. I now I got three and a half hours on my next ride. And now I got an hour and a half to come down. Now I got two and a half, two hours on my next ride. I need to sleep. 
oh my God, I got to sleep. And so I'm, I'm realizing, oh shit, my whole, and I was going to do all this other stuff on the weekend. I'm going to shoot all these videos and do all this stuff. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to be doing this because I'm trying to sleep. I can't even get into REM sleep, right? I get five rounds into this and I got food poisoning. I had gotten <laughs> so thirsty that I'd reach for this old, I was drinking this uh, liquid IV stuff that I put in my water and I had a cup sitting on my end table for probably 10 days. And I, my, the water I had was, was, uh, I'd run out. So I just reached for this cup and I, I slugged it down. Oh my God. It was awful. So I had to, I had to pull off after only 50 miles. So I'm gonna, I'm going to do it again today. So I call it an epic fail, but it was just epic stupidity. So now I'm like, I'm getting all my water and my Gatorade and everything I'm going to drink to make sure I stay hydrated done. And I'm thinking, Oh, maybe I should carbo carbo load a little bit before this because <laughs> it's a lot. And then I'm not doing anything else this weekend, but doing this because I realized I'm going to be catching just cat naps for two days. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, kind of a detour on my story, but inside of your your world with your coaching how important is it and how much do you focus on telling your clients to come up with some kind of fitness plan it doesn't have to be extreme goggins ish or anything but how important is that for you and your world with your clients i just overall think movement is really important because that that really brings you back to that core stability um Right. Like a lot of times if we do movement for external validation, it's not bringing you there, but just being able to move, even if that means going out in the sun and just swaying back and forth to just bring yourself back to feeling good. Um, I think a lot of times movement really supports negative thoughts, self-doubt, um, all of the things that we tend to experience as entrepreneurs. And so even if it's not fully like going to the gym and lifting weights, um, it's just being able to get moving. So that's actually why I do like headstands or I stay at the gym a little longer after I lift weights, because that's where I find my, my enjoyment in moving um, outside of like, I love lifting weights. Like I, I love getting super strong, but not every week am I like showing up and deadlifting 200 pounds, right? Like, so it's those moments of like, the weeks that I struggle is like the headstand saved me, right? The movement of in the sun and swaying back and forth saved me. And um, I, I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, like when you're doubting yourself or if you want to kind of not even reach this point where you're like in this low, right? We want to keep that neutral, consistent. Like we have to have this routine of things that are going to support our thoughts um, when, they, when they start to feel like maybe they're, they're creeping in. Um, and I think movement really helps with that. And then also like just overall movement has so many benefits. So that's, that's usually what I say, especially when I, um, when I ran my fitness company, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't that coach that was like, you have to lift weights. You have to hit your protein goal. You know, you have to like, I wasn't that coach. Like if my clients came in and they were like, this is my goal. I would literally help them reach their goal, whether that meant they lost 50 pounds or they didn't lose any weight because their goal was just to get outside every day. And I don't see that happening a lot in the industry, especially with fitness coaches. They're very like, let me give you this physical transformation. But I genuinely believe movement is more of a mental thing. Okay. So, um, you know, I thought we'd talk more about digital marketing, but I, like I told you, it, it, pre-call, this is going to go wherever it goes. And <laughs> I want to see if you can, I want to see, I, I want to expose the audience to your coaching style. If you'll, if you'll allow it, mm-hmm. you willing to do this with me? Okay. Yeah. I'm a client. 
I'm a client. Um, and you know what? I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm really suffering right now. Okay. I haven't been able to take time for myself and go do something. Just, I'm just wrapped up in my business and I don't know what to do. Arden, I don't know where I'm going to go to find peace and happiness and my relationships are starting to suffer. Um, my, I'm not, I'm not, uh, as connected with my children, my family, my friends. I find myself segregating myself just cause I don't want to be a burden to anybody. Plus I just got to continue to focus on my business. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Work your magic. <laughs> okay. So usually what I would do is I'd actually walk my clients through a meditation release. Um, and like in this okay. moment, what? Sorry, you're frozen. Uh, okay. I just, I said, okay, I'm listening. Okay. So I'd walk them through like a meditation, right? I'd kind of have them just close their eyes as much as they're feeling stressed, but I would kind of ask them like, this is where I'd actually teach my client how to follow their intuition. And I would teach them what it feels like when they're doing a thing that is right for them. So usually you'll feel like flutters in your chest versus if you're doing something that like you shouldn't really be doing right now, your, your gut, your intuition doesn't want you to be doing that right now. And you would feel kind of like a flip in your stomach. So I have them feel out those um, feelings. And then I say, okay, so right now you're saying you want to go do this for your business. How does that feel? And they'll feel the flip in their stomach usually because they're like feeling like super overwhelmed. And then I say, what is the first thing that comes to your head that you want to do? And like 90% of the time they have an answer. They're like, well, I really want to go to the gym or like, I really want to just hang out with my kids or right. And so I say to them, I say, then you need to create a to-do list, right? The top three things that you need to get done and write them down, go spend time with your kids until you feel like you'll start to feel a little angst around like wanting to go get those three things done and to become a lot more present, to be with your kids. I usually tell them, I say like, you know, these are the three things you need to get done. Write down how long it's going to take you to get it done and when you can get those top three things done. And so you have it like planned, quote unquote, in the future, but you can still be present with your children and do something that, that gives you to your soul right now. And a lot of times it's just being able to talk yourself through that in the moment every single time. Once you kind of have that first like meditation of understanding what your soul versus like your gut versus like ego once, um, then, then usually that's what it is. Um, they can just kind of move through it. I also love to talk to them if we're going to get into ego as well is like, why do you feel like you need to get this done now? Right? Like why, why is this so important? Is this a deadline that someone else is giving you or are you giving it to yourself? Um, I think that's really important to understand as an entrepreneur. Cause like, there's always going to be a to-do list that's forever long. Um, and so being able to like, balance that is going to be huge too. Yeah. So for me, I, I teach people, um, there's life cycles of a business. A startup is going to need something different than uh, a teenager business or a young adult or a business in prime. We're going to need different, different things need to happen. Right. And when I had my manufacturing business, I, I mean, I always, I used to tell my boss when I, before I had my own business, um, he's like, why he, I can set my clock, my watch by when you walk out of here, I know it's exactly five o'clock and I go, 
why do you expect me to stay? He goes, well, to, to finish up your work. I go, there's no work to be done. I said, I can get stuff done in five or six hours that the rest of your team needs eight or nine hours to do. And he goes, well, why aren't you helping them? He goes, if we go to your desk, is there no work on there? I go, there's work, but it's waiting for answers from outside sources. And, and he says, well, do, why don't you help other people out? I go, I do. At one o'clock, I ask people, is there anything I can do? And I, all afternoon, I'm asking them if they, there's something I need to do. Look at my numbers. My numbers are, are there. But I said, I'm not just going to sit around doing nothing after five o'clock. I'm going to go be with my family. And that was something I created as an employee. But then as I became a business owner, now take that and put it on steroids, okay? Rah, you know, I'm Superman. So I would book out my calendar all day. And then I was tense and stressed out. Why? There's no way I can get all that done. So what I've realized is there are urgent and important things that come in the door for your business that need to, you, you don't know it's going to happen. So you can't plan it. You can't get it on your calendar, but they need to be taken care of. So when you do that and it takes you an hour, well, that hour that you're going to spend doing whatever that other task was gets put aside. Now, do I, do I work on that and then just continue to push things back or do I not do that? I mean, it just became really stressful when I started living by my calendar. And what I realized is just what you talked about is I come up with three things that I want to accomplish for the week, primary, secondary, and tertiary. And I estimate the time I block those times on my calendar. And then I leave my calendar at worst is 50% booked because the urgent and important stuff is going to come in. And that way, if it comes in, when I'm working on this project, I can slide that down. I have time and I found that I got more done and I was less stressed out because, you know, when the, the earth as an entrepreneur, I find that. The things that we that fulfill us most are the things that we want to work on in our business. So those are the, usually the important things, but they don't have to get done right now. So we I pull those forward into my week and I make them urgent by putting them on my calendar because the urgent stuff's going to come anyway, right? So it's all about for me. It's all about priority management. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I tell my clients, I have clients who come in who have no white spaces on their Google calendar. Cause there's a lot of business coaches who preach that they're like, you're not allowed to have any white spaces on your Google calendar. So they come in and I'm like, get a new coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, delete everything you have on your calendar. Tell me your top three things. And we're going to focus on this. Like it, it's crazy because I think as business owners, we tend to create more complex situations and things to do. When in reality, it's just the basic fundamentals that we need to continue to do and like add in a little bit more to those things. Like that's it. Right. And I've grown very successful businesses by just doing the fundamentals, right? And, and just getting really skilled at them and just building relationships. And in, in the online industry, one of those fundamentals is digital marketing. And that comes from gaining the knowledge and being so good at it and being so consistent at it. That's why I'm good at it now, right? And like, at first, I used to not be good at it. I didn't even know how to make a reel, right? So you, you reach the next level is what I call it of the fundamentals. And, and that's what creates a strong, successful business. So if somebody, let's, let's wrap this up on this digital marketing thing. Give me the top three to five to thrive for somebody who's um, in the beginning or trying to move into the interme intermediate stages of digital marketing. So what would be the, the three to five to thrive as you see it? Ooh, okay. 
One, choose a social media platform, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, I have a lot of clients who do Instagram and Facebook because you can post it on Facebook as well. Um, and also depending on your like audience, right? Like if I have a online fitness coach who wants to work with moms, she'll usually go on Facebook and create like a little mom's Facebook group. So her platform will be Facebook. But if I have a business coach who wants to work with online coaches, you see a lot of online coaches on Instagram. So you might want to choose Instagram. So that's smart. Um, so choosing that. So having a platform, posting consistently, this does not mean posting every day. Like as much as it's nice to post every day and it's good to post every day, I'd rather post because post really, really good content, you know, five times a week than just posting to post random crap seven days a week, right? Um, so getting really skilled at posting consistently, selling and sharing on your story, whether that's on Instagram, on Facebook, or on your feed, um, just making sure that you're constantly selling and your audience knows you have something to offer. Um, because a lot of times, new people enter your world and they're like confused. They're like, how do I work with this person, right? So sharing with them and selling with them. Um, so, and then nurturing your audience, talking to your audience, making sure that like you're creating relationships. I think that's huge. That's number four. And then taking care of yourself because it's going to be really hard to do all the other four things if you're not like feeling good within and feeling good with yourself. And honestly, that I would say that's the top five. Oh man, I love that you wrapped your coaching philosophy into number five on that. That's amazing. So <laughs> how can people get a hold of you, Arden? What's the best um, way? So my main platform is Instagram. My username is Arden Schiller, my first and last name. A-R-D-E-N-S-H-I-L-L-E-R. -L -L -E no C in Schiller. Um, and okay. you can just you can give me a follow, watch my stories, see what I have to offer, join into my fun little programs um, so you can learn more about about what everything we talked about because that's what all my programs are on. So, yeah. Great. Hey, Arden, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and yeah. uh, sharing with my audience. And I look forward to just staying in contact and actually just watching from afar as you continue to grow your business and crush it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh,